0: What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their View from the Pew on Modern Day Radio.
1: And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man whose workday is constantly interrupted by dogs who want to go outside. The good deacon, Scott Aiken.
2: At least through COVID, for the last two two years, I've been sitting with those dogs in the morning and they they watch me intently. So if I'm on a virtual call and I get excited, they think, oh, it's milk bone time. Or, oh, we get to go out. Or, oh, did you feed us? <laughs> it's like costly. I have to interpret what the dogs are doing and then try to get more time by telling them to go lay down until they just won't do it anymore. And
1: so when we first got our black lab, who's almost 10 years old now, we thought it was a good idea to train her to ring a bell that was hanging off of our back door. Now, whenever she got let out, we'd make her ring the bell with her nose and we'd put her out. Well, she caught on, which is what we wanted her to do, was that she could go up on her own. She could ring the bell and then we'd get up and let her out. It was kind of our alert system. It's worked out all right. Uh, she's she's taken that on. Well, then we got a cocker spaniel a few years ago. Now we realized that this dog uh, was not, we'll say, easily trainable. But here's the funny thing. She watched that big dog and caught on all on her own that if she rang the bell, she could go outside. Well, the problem is our big dog, she was perfectly happy being around us. For the small dog, well, to go outside meant she could go outside and play and walk the fence and dig and do all kinds of things. So she's constantly <laughs> ringing that bell just to go out for no apparent reason at all. But then she wants to come back in.
2: Yeah. So that's why I, I get to hear the the ringing and I have to tell people that I'm talking to in the line. Oh, that's my dog wanting to go out. So yeah, I, uh, it's, it's been a, a great uh, time to kind of refocus my, my work and being with the dogs and being in that constant environment that I have been for the last two years at home I've, I've really changed on on how I used to practice. So now as we're kind of entering out of COVID, I'm having to contemplate, well, gosh, what are the dogs going to do if I'm not there? Because <laughs> they so, they're so dependent on my routine. So no, it's great though. I love having, always had dogs and and I think I always will, so.
1: And for us, we've had almost always at least two dogs. There was a small time where we had three. Yeah, it's probably too many, but they are good companions and they always... We've just been there with our kids growing up. The kids have never known a time of their life where our pets weren't part of our lives. And if they're blessings from God. Whether we'll see dogs in heaven or not, well, probably won't matter. But while we are on this side of the veil, we'll say that they're blessings from from God that are supposed to enrich our lives. And they do that, we'll say, most of the time. But it's funny you said that as we're getting back into the swing, coming out of COVID, you know, life is taking on that kind of pre-pandemic feeling. The kids are out in school. I'm here at the studio. You, while work at home, well, your travel schedule's starting to pick up. It's a little stressful. And and getting back into that old routine, you know, it's a reminder of some of those stresses that our, our jobs bring us.
2: Yeah, so there's, as much as it was a crisis when we entered into it, I think for many people, it will be a mini crisis to go back to it whatever that it was prior to the uh, pandemic. So yeah, I'm kind of feeling that a little bit. I'm having to pick up things that I was, I had grown into being grateful to have set down and now I'm having to reconsider picking those things back up and am I going to do it, do it differently? So I think, you know, just to be in, in solidarity with the many who are listening on the, on the radio today, that that's, I share that um, in, in my particular uh, experience. So
1: and as our listeners know, as a deacon, that is what uh, your vocation is for the church. But as far as raising a family, well, your job through th- with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, that's the one that helps support the family. So perhaps if you are in that case where you're having to pick up some things again that you thought you, during the COVID months that you, know, you didn't have to think about it, well, definitely we understand. St. Joseph... Well, he understands too. talk about a man who thought, boy, I, I imagine my life to be much different than it is. St. Joseph was definitely the, that person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's going to be valuable as we listen to Deacon Candra, a fellow deacon that you know, we get insight to how we adjust to the, the changes in life that are going to happen uh, and do it in a way that is faithful and full of hope as he did.
1: Right, so as you said, coming up, we got a great interview, Deacon Greg Kandra. He is the author of the blog, The Deacon's Bench. Well, he has a new book out. It's called "Befriending Saint Joseph: Finding Faith, Hope, and Courage in the Seven Sorrows Devotion." Well, if you didn't know that there was a Seven Sorrows of Saint Joseph, you're not alone. We learned a little bit about that.
2: And in our second half, I'll continue to share a little bit more about this adjustment and how how I've certainly depended on. The reflections of committing to Saint Joseph as as I did this year for the consecration of Saint Joseph just a month and a half ago.
1: So stay with us, we got a great show ahead for you on this week's view from the pew. <laughs>
3: It's hard to imagine the suffering Jesus endured before his biggest mountaintop experience, his crucifixion on a hill named Calvary. Jesus told his followers, before rising up with the resurrection, he must suffer greatly. Our sufferings may not involve being whipped, and we likely will only have an experience of being near death, but we have our struggles and sufferings, sickness, financial stress, injury, broken relationships with family and friends are all around us. These burdens, like carrying a cross, may cause us to stumble at times. But as followers of Christ, we know that past Calvary is a mountaintop, resurrection-like experience of new life. As St. Paul said, our old self will pass away and a new self will come, and we will shine to light up the world. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisande. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater
0: Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materderadio.com. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew.
1: He is the patriarch of the Holy Family, patron of the Universal Church. And since Pope Francis declared 2020 the year of St. Joseph, our interest and devotion to the spouse of Mary and foster father of Jesus has become even deeper. While the Bible didn't record St. Joseph as saying a single word, We are able to draw on inspiration, well, through his actions. We also feel his pain through the seven sorrows of St. Joseph. Well, in his new book, Befriending St. Joseph, Finding Faith, Hope, Courage in the Seven Sorrows Devotion, author Deacon Greg Kandra helps you to imagine what life may have been like for Joseph, Mary and Jesus. Deacon Greg serves as a deacon in the Diocese of Brooklyn, the writer of the Deacon Bench blog. Deacon Greg, thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
1: Well, let's start here, Deacon. The Bible never records a word St. Joseph said. He's a man of action, didn't have a lot to say. So I suppose that makes him the perfect role model for good deacons and husbands.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, he is. I think he's a good role model for all of us if we just take the time to really think about what he did and how he did it and How he fulfilled God's will for his life, I think, can be very inspiring for all of us, especially in the times that we're living in now.
1: Well, Deacon, you and I were talking as we were preparing for this interview to start, and we both said the same thing that, you know, as me as the wife of a deacon, you, of course, serving as a deacon in the Diocese of Brooklyn, you have a very unique outlook on family life being that, well, we are all, so to speak, living in the trenches with other parents. So tell us a little bit about St. Joseph, about how he is such a wonderful role model for every family because, well, he had real life going on, you know, raising a young family.
4: Yeah, and this is something I think a lot of people don't think about um, because, as you said, St. Joseph, there are no recorded lines in Scripture from him, and we get this image of him as just this plaster figure on a side altar in church. Mary gets all the attention and all the flowers and all the prayers and all the novenas and everything. Joseph is sort of on the side uh, all by himself, and we tend to forget about him. And, you know, thank, thank Pope Francis for bringing him back to the forefront and reminding us why he is so important. He he was very, very human, and that's something I try to drive home in this book, and I think it's something that every father, every husband uh, every man in the church should be able to relate to my pastor, Monsignor Joseph Panaro of of happy memory, who died several years ago, uh, had a great devotion to Saint Joseph, and he liked to remind us that unlike everybody else in the Holy Family, Saint Joseph was flawed. He he was not born without sin. He made mistakes. He struggled. He had doubts. He had insecurities. Uh, he may have had anger issues. Who knows? And for that reason alone, I think he's really the avenue for us to, to go into the life of the Holy Family and to really relate to someone in a very personal way in the Holy Family, someone who struggled with things the way we do, someone who had to deal with uh, a temperamental child or who had to deal with all the responsibilities of of being a parent. And wanting the best for your family and wanting the best for the people you love. And so often seeing things not turning out quite the way that you wanted them to. And that, that can be a challenge as every parent, every, every father, every husband knows.
1: Oh, absolutely. Deacon Greg Kandra is joining me today. The name of his new book is Befriending St. Joseph, Finding Faith, Hope, and Courage in the Seventh Sorrows Devotion. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Well, Deacon Greg, let's talk about this book because, you know, April 8th, we just celebrated the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, and we're familiar with the seven sorrows of Mary. But in your book, you talk about the sorrows of St. Joseph. So how did we kind of decide that these were the seven sorrows and how you explain them in your new book?
4: Yeah, it's interesting because so many people, when I've mentioned this to them, they've never heard of it. Exactly. And part of part of the, the impetus for this book was to— uh, acquaint people with it and bring it back into the forefront. It's actually an ancient devotion, and the story goes that there were a couple of Franciscans who were in a shipwreck, clinging to wreckage from a ship and, and praying to Saint Joseph to save them, and he did, and he he helped them ashore and guided them to safety. And in gratitude, they asked him, well, "What can we do?" And he said. He wanted them to pray an Our Father and a Hail Mary for seven moments in his life. Uh, Not all of them are recorded in Scripture, but they're outlined in this book. Uh, Seven moments when, like Mary, he felt great sorrow, but also uh, eventually great joy. And to reflect on that and to find meaning in that in, in their own lives. So this book is really focused on those seven events and ways to pray about them and think about them and reflect on how they relate to all of us in our own lives and, and what we can learn from them and turning to saint joseph in moments of need in moments of anxiety and uncertainty and asking him for support and inspiration and and consolation in helping to guide our lives
1: it is a wonderful book uh deacon greg and you know Not to say that because St. Joseph didn't have a lot to say or that we don't have a lot of recorded history about him, that his life was kind of small and insignificant. but you've managed to put such powerful inspiration, thought, really imagination into a relatively small book that's focusing on, wow, what, you know, just in reading all these, these are very ordinary sufferings. I think that all of us, at some point think about or go to. Just in the first one, one of the sorrows of St. Joseph, Jesus being born into poverty. You know, we mm. all have financial struggles and, you know, Catholics, especially Catholics who, you know, we have larger families. We're trying to provide Catholic education for our children. Every sorrow that's in here, it feels like those are sorrows that all of us relate to very well.
4: Exactly. And I'm so glad that you picked up on that. Thank you. Um you know, the one of the recurring themes of Joseph's life, and this is also something I think we need to plug into, is that so often God threw a monkey wrench into his plans. There's an old saying, you know, Make plans and God laughs. I'm sure Joseph's life didn't turn out the way that he had expected. He imagined having a beautiful, simple, happy life with Mary in Nazareth and managing his little carpenter shop and... Suddenly, Mary is expecting a child, and the child turns out to be the son of God, and he has to completely redirect his life. He has to go to Bethlehem, and then he has to go to Egypt, and again and again and again, everything, you know, his life took a left turn, but he went with it, and he trusted so completely in God's plan for his life. And just, as I say, he let go and let God, and let God lead him him where he needed him to be. And it's a great lesson for all of us in in trusting God's will for our lives.
1: Well, Deacon Greg, I think you also let the Holy Spirit and St. Joseph guide your writing and your words in this great book. It is Ideal, You know, talk about a family life. Our lives are full. It is compact. It is concise. And it is not going to be overwhelming for anybody to spend a little bit of time, you know, each day working through your book. Let's break open the book and explain to our listeners about how you open up each one of these sorrows in the the chapters of the book and how you reflect on them and offer prayers.
4: Yeah, you know, since there is so little that we know factually, about St. Joseph, I, I sort of tried to imagine what he was going through and the circumstances he was living with at each of these moments and what, as as a father, as a worker, as, as a husband, all the things that were weighing on him. I, I think I speak in the book about a, a painting by James Tissot, uh, the great French watercolor artist. He did a painting called The Anxiety of Joseph. that shows Joseph in his workshop pausing in his work and bending over his bench and deep in thought, what was he thinking about? When, when was this moment that he stopped everything and was starting to worry and really have anxiety about the things going on in his life? So I try to put the reader into those moments when he learned that Mary was with child and his plans to divorce her. What was he thinking about when he was, when he had to go to Bethlehem and saw his son born in complete poverty uh, with not even a a roof over his head, and how any father would feel at a moment like that. And then I offer prayers that we can give to Joseph and ask him to intercede for us. As we reflect on moments like that in our own lives, when we feel overwhelmed or we feel that things aren't going the way that we want Help us to trust more completely in in God's action and in God's will for us and help us let go and like God and surrender ourselves uh, to God's plan, just like Joseph did. And uh, I think it's a beautiful way to, to approach the challenges of life and uh, the setbacks and problems that we have each in our own lives.
1: Again, the name of the book is Befriending St. Joseph, Finding Faith, Hope, and Courage in the Seven Sorrows Devotion. It is out by Deacon Greg Cander, and he is joining us today. Well, Deacon Greg, it's a wonderful book. And again, I do not it's not just for men. It's for every person. St. Joseph is for every person. So I encourage all of our listeners to definitely check that out. Where can they find out more information? Maybe have a chuckle or two in reading The Deacon's Bench.
4: <laughs> yes absolutely uh, the deaconsbench.com is uh, is my blog that I've had for 15 years and I have deacon news there and information I sometimes post homilies and prayers and reflections uh, I also you can also order the book from amazon.com or from Ave Maria press and actually during the month of May just in time for Father's Day I'm going to be offering signed copies of the book through of com. if you want to give it to somebody as a gift. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity and a way to do that.
1: Well, I might know a good deacon who could use a wonderful <laughs> book about St. Joseph. Well, Deacon Greg, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you for having me. God bless
1: you. God bless you, too. Again, Befriending St. Joseph out by Ave Maria Press. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to Ave Maria Press and order a copy for yourself. I'll also include a link to Deacon Greg's webpage where, well, maybe if you want to give it as a gift, you can get a signed copy through him. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, MaterDayRadio.com, or the Hail Mary media app. Well, For our listeners, I want to read The Seven Sorrows of St. Joseph, because while we talked about it a little bit in our interview, these are profound. And as I said with Deacon Candra, these are sorrows that, while not specific, are definitely sorrows I think we've all experienced in some way throughout our life. The first sorrow, Joseph decides to divorce Mary. Second sorrow, Joseph sees Jesus born into poverty. Third, Saint Joseph's sorrow at the circumcision of Jesus. Fourth, Joseph hears a prediction of suffering. Fifth, Joseph flees with his family to Egypt. Sixth, Joseph makes a dangerous journey back to Israel. And seven, Joseph searches for the lost Jesus. Hmm. I mean, just hearing all of those, I know that feeling of dread because like I said, in some way, we've all suffered those things. Joseph was a real man and a man, I think, that not only fathers, but all of us can look at and go, you understand what I'm going through.
2: And I think it just speaks so profoundly about adoption because that's exactly what Joseph had to consciously work through. I'm adopting this child that's the child of God. And in that adoption, he takes on all the responsibility of, of parenting that is necessary. And that means being in those seven sorrows, this person who's vulnerable to the unknown. And as a parent, that's what you're, you're absolutely vulnerable to the unknown.
1: Looking at the the sorrow of the losing of Jesus, right? They had left, he was gone for days. Now, I have lost our children. I'm sorry to say they wander off. You're shopping, you're in the grocery store. (laughs) And you thought, they were just right here following me. Where are they? That terrible feeling. Our children were even a little bit older. We were at the coastline. We were at a restaurant and it was a big area. And two of our kids decided, we're just going to go back to the car, right? They knew where we had parked. We didn't know they did that. And boy, when we realized there were so many people around, it was kind of a tourist attraction. We realized they're not here. And boy, we instantly went out to looking for it. We'll say that when we actually got to where they were realizing that they had gone all the way across a long parking lot and were waiting for us. Yeah, we were not as generous probably as St. Joseph would have been, but you know maybe St. Joseph, yeah, that stress would have come out too a little bit going, "Where were you? Why didn't you stay with us?"
2: Right, I think there is a tendency to place St. Joseph in in a position that is is almost superhuman and yet I think we we diminish the the beauty of the reality that Christ gave himself to this human being who who was full of uh, challenges like we all are and so I can only imagine there <laughs> during that time it, you read that in the Bible and you think oh it's 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 so peaceful I wish I was like Saint Joseph and certainly like Mary but when in response to how they found Jesus, it seemed like they just, you know, you shouldn't have run off. And, but I, I, I would be flipping out. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I, I, and like you said, that that reminder of what we went through on that one time. Yeah, I think Joseph probably, I can only imagine he probably did the same thing in the in the temple. Yeah. I'm looking for this kid, this height, this this size. Exactly.
1: You know. And as as Deacon Greg has said, well, you know, perhaps maybe he did lose his temper. We don't know those things, but as a human in his time and place, it's, it is quite possible, you know, and again, having a book like this and also the way Deacon Greg said about how Pope Francis had named the year of St. Joseph, there were so many great resources. One of those was the consecration to St. Joseph. Scott, I know you read through that one and spent time praying and eventually making that consecration to St. Joseph.
2: Yeah. And I, and it was, I had done the consecration to St. Mary and someone encouraged me to consider doing the Consecration of St. Joseph, and I thought, that that absolutely resonates deeply with me. And and it was, I, I remember at night, just being the dad after having gotten the kids to bed, and, and the dishes clean, and the dog's taken care of, and you had gone to bed because you had to get up early in the morning. I just sat down, and here I was gonna open up the book, and I'm like, I don't wanna open up the book. And yet, I thought of St. Joseph as I was opening up the book about the Consecration of St. Joseph, and thought to myself, how many times did St. Joseph probably say, I really don't want to do this, but it's for the good of my family. It's for the good of me. It's for the good of God. And then opens up, I opened up the book and I was never regretting that. But I, I remember feeling that, uh, that humanity of that experience. So this consecration of St. Joseph for me as a dad, as a man was, uh, was very, uh, profound. But in terms of the, the book, I, I think that the connection to the work that I'm doing now. I wanted to share that with everyone that I certainly feel uh, your, your, some of your suffering that you're going through because we're having to come out of this pandemic and there's things that we we're having to pick back up again. And maybe we're hesitant to pick that back up. I, I certainly don't want to pick up the travel schedule that I have to endure for the job that I have. But I turn to St. Joseph in moments like that. I turn to Mary and I pray to the Holy family, help me to be part of this family that I'm called to be in fully engaged, not just partly engaged. Cause I think so many of us are partly engaged and it's easy to fall into that, but God wants us fully engaged in our vocation of, of marriage and family. If we're in that vocation, um, he wants us fully engaged, whatever vocation that we recognize he's called us to. So, uh, Anyhow, that's been a, a, a challenge for me and I'm certainly grateful to uh, to be moving in the right direction as we come out of COVID, remembering those uh, aspects of what I learned in the consecration of St. Joseph.
1: Scott, before we go, will you end us in a special prayer found in Deacon Greg's book?
2: Absolutely. This is a, a prayer by Pope Francis called Hail, Guardian of the Redeemer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, guardian of the Redeemer, spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. To you, God entrusted his only Son. In you, Mary placed her trust. With you, Christ became a man. Blessed Joseph, to us too, show yourself a Father and guide us in the path of life. Obtain for us grace, mercy, and courage, and defend us from all evil. Amen and the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew.
2: God bless and continue to have a wonderful Easter season.
0: You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Akins and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Radio in Portland, Oregon.